This is 400 Plus. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is math professor Akil Parker. Welcome to the show, Akil Parker. Thanks for having me on, brother. Man, you sound good. Let me turn up a little volume here so I can hear you. Okay, great. Uh, Cheney University, right? Pennsylvania. Right. Give us that Cheney background University. again. Yeah, Cheney University. That's why I'm an adjunct math professor over at Cheney. I also teach in some other online schools, and I do a lot of tutoring. And I, I teach on YouTube as well. I teach math on YouTube. So you can check me out at All This Math on YouTube. Uh, well, how long have you been, uh, been a math professor? Uh, math professor for five years since 2019. Oh, cool! Yeah, man, because you've been on the show before. It's always fun. So let's let's let it rip and roll. Professor Kill Parker, what is on your mind? A lot of things. Glad you asked me that. Um, one of the things is I'm thinking about how to develop an appetite for mathematics in our community, and I'm thinking about that because I've been revisiting a lot of the late. Dr. Amos Wilson's work, and I remember in a lot of his in his writing and also in his lectures, him you know referencing the late Elijah Muhammad and speaking of how one of the reasons that Elijah Muhammad was so successful with promoting the Nation of Islam was because, and their ideology was because he was able to develop an appetite in the black community for just blackness, you know, blackness, black-owned products, black-owned businesses by kind of using, kind of doing like a reverse psychology since up to that point in the United States, we had been convinced that black people, we were the devil, we were evil, we were dirty, we were negative. And then he basically flipped it around and said, well, no, the white man is the devil, the white man is dirty, the white man is evil. So then once you plant that seed in a person's psychology, then it all it would follow that they wouldn't want to purchase products from the white, the quote unquote white man or one would want to live with the white man. And then they would say, OK, well, then we are the pure people. We are the, the clean people, the healthy people, you know, um, and just that psychological uh, tactic. Um, what it served to do was develop was create an appetite for blackness, create an appetite for, you know, like I said, like black products and, um, you know, just being black and having an appreciation for being black. So I think about, you know, in terms of math, really the issue is, because, you know, we don't want to have to, you know, I want to in increase or improve the relationship that the black community has with mathematics overall, whether it be children, whether it be parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, whoever. But we really have to do the work of, you know, overriding um, that programming that a lot of us already have, that programming that, and socialization that we got where we feel like, you know, math is too hard, you know, I'm not smart enough, math is irrelevant, um, all of these things, you know, this is, there's nothing coincidental about any of that, you know, because of course math is consistent, math is equivalent to problem solving, and as long as we shy away and run away from the math, then what we're also doing at the same time is running away from problem solving, and as long as we're running away from problem solving, those people and those entities and those groups that benefit from the maintenance of our problems they will be able to continue to enjoy the benefits of that. So I think it's a very long-term and protracted plan and a systematic plan to make sure that we're never able to solve our problems. So we have to be programmed and socialized to be scared of math. So I'm thinking a lot these days about 
different ways of creating an appetite, you know, for mathematics. Because oftentimes, like, you know, we'll, we have the conversations, you know, around, you know, even in the mainstream media about, you know, mathematics deficiency and whatnot. But it's always like a reaction. You know, it's always like after the fact. It's like, OK, the news, the news, major newspaper published the test scores and the test scores are in the toilet. You know, all the black kids, you know, like 95 percent of black kids, you know, can't add or can't do this, can't do that. And it's like, well, by that point, it's too late. Like, you know, we already know that that's the situation. Like, you know, a year earlier, we, sh we really should have been doing more to develop. We didn't have to wait for the test scores to come out because we already know the children, a large percentage and quantity of the children are not proficient. So, you know, that's why I do the work that I do. And we, we talked about this, you know, every time I've, I've come on to you, your program. But um, I'm really thinking a lot about, you know, how to develop an appetite you know, for, for mathematics. So that's, that's kind of what's on my mind right now. Just, you know, thinking about different ways, and, you know, experimenting with some different things like using social media and just, you know, making math look relevant. And it, well, really not even, it's not a heavy lift. It's not, it don't, you don't got to do a lot to make it look relevant because it is relevant. It's easy to do. We just gotta, we just gotta do it. Like I started doing a lot of Instagram reels recently in the last couple of weeks and just short little 90 second videos, just showing how, you know, we do math in our everyday life or how, we, or how we can do math in our everyday life and especially how we can do math with our children and show them, you know, how they can show them way, show ways to practice their math skills on a regular basis, whether it just be arithmetic, whether it be algebra, using Y equals MX plus B or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I think it's all about it's all about developing an appetite, you know, for math. And I think that's the only way, because that's, that's one of the components that we desperately need, you know. Well, I, got, I, I got an appetite, but it ain't for math. <laughs> so that, let me yeah, ask you something. Yeah. Professor yeah, that's, Parker, that's I know, I've been brainwashed, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Professor Parker, if a student is struggling, it has to take algebra. The, the dreaded algebra, you know, my, my thing that hurt me years ago was uh, pre-algebra. Couldn't even pass that damn class. I don't know if I ever got to, I don't think I got to algebra. Algebra is a big impediment. How does a student uh, get over the hurdles of learning algebra? So, I mean, if, for, if they have the resources, I, was, I would recommend tutoring. And I mean, well, nowadays, like, even if you can't get a tutor, there's so many online resources, you know, that students 20, 30, 40 years ago didn't have access to. Um, back, in, back in previous times, you had to know somebody, you know, somebody to come sit down with you. It had to be an after-school program you could go to. Nowadays, there's like, um, but again, it goes back to developing an appetite for it because just like this, there's plenty of healthy food in the grocery store, you know, but again, we've been socialized to eat a certain way. So we may not have an appetite for the healthy food. So it's like somebody will say, well, you know, it's plenty of healthy food. You don't have no, you, we don't have an excuse to have, you know, high blood pressure and cardiovascular issues and heart disease and hypertension and all that. Like, well, we, I'm not going to say we have an excuse for it, but there has to be an appetite for that. You know, if you, if you've been consistently indoctrinated that, you know, the double, the double bacon cheeseburger is what you should want to eat on a daily basis or the chicken box or whatever, or, you know, the, the, you know, sugary foods on a daily basis, you know, then it, it, that's your appetite. That's the appetite that has been inculcated into you. So, you know, work has to be done to replace that appetite with a different appetite, you know? So, um, but he, so even, if, even though they're like, literally hundreds of youtube channels that you could go to and learn you be self-taught with mathematics you gotta you gotta have an appetite for it um but i definitely I, I think that the young person and hopefully some adults in their life that that love them and care about them would take a stand and say you know what 
I realized the value of this and I want my child, you know, to learn math once and for all. And, you know, you just kind of have to, you have to do it every day. That's, you know, it's something that we kind of, we take for granted and it's so simple and so basic, you know, yeah, but what, people, well, what's the leap between, I'm sorry, cutting you off. What is the leap between fractions? I barely remember fractions 50 something years ago and okay. One half and one third, whatever fractions, whatever. Okay. I barely remember some of that stuff. So how, what's the leap between fractions then going into algebra? Isn't that, isn't that the next step? You learn your fractions, then you start learning algebra? Well, usually, usually. Um, I mean, fractions, and then you may go into decimals and, you know, percentages, because they're all equivalent, you know, ways of, they're like languages. They're like, you know, different dialects within the within the language of mathematics. If you think of math as a language, which I definitely, rec I highly recommend, if we start thinking of math as a language, is where we think of like Yoruba or Medunetcher or Kiswahili, you know, or Hosa, you know, or whatever, in any of the languages that we would, we would see it differently. You know, um, math has a lot of its own terminology. It's got a lot of symbols, a whole bunch of symbols, and it's got symbols that mean different things in different contexts. So we have to learn what they mean in, in, in different situations and different circumstances. So with fractions, fractions is just a part of the language, you know, and, and fractions are, are very important because, you know, fractions enable us to defend for one reason defend ourselves from being taken advantage of being robbed you know with a, with a handshake and a smile because we get robbed with a handshake and a smile every day somebody will sit up here and try to convince and tell you that you know one third is not the same thing as three knives so they say look this is three knives you know what i'm saying so you got to pay me more than one than what photo for one third it's like what like no you understand fractions you understand equivalent fractions right but people only understand equivalent numbers so it's like yeah one so somebody would say, well, yeah, three is more than one and nine is more than three. So, yeah, that makes sense. No, because it's about the value of the it's about the value of the fraction and the relationship between the numbers, relationship between the numbers. This is and this is a game that the wealthy play with the masses. This is a game that they play because they'll make it seem like, oh, look, this is the same thing. You know, or this is not the same thing or, or you know, they play little games. And as long as you don't have the mathematical aptitude, they'll play in your face. And they play in our faces on a regular basis. And if we don't understand the mathematics, it's like Malcolm X said, if we don't, if we don't have the analytical ability to read between the lines, I mean, he said this is uh, in the last message, the speech he gave in Detroit a, a week before he got assassinated. Um, if we don't have the analytical ability to read between the lines, they'll have the gas ovens ready for us before we even realize it. You know, and we'll be in the gas ovens, you know, and this is what's happening, you know, um, you know, figuratively speaking. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I can literally. figure out 50%, 100%. But a person, mm -hmm. it, if a child or an older adult like yours, truly, <laughs> uh, teenager in school, preteen in school, if they have the belief, understandably, uh, and they real understand, they got a real belief, I cannot do this. I have a fixed mindset. I, it doesn't make any sense. How do you help that student say, let me show you the trick. It's, it's a trick. It's, it's a language. Mm -hmm. Although you may not get straight A's in algebra. But you can get a passing grade and you're going to be just fine. How do you change that mindset? I think, you know, teachers have to explain things in a different way. They have to explain things in a way that make you feel like you can do it. Because a student that says that they cannot do it unequivocally, that's a feeling that they have. That's a feeling that they have embedded within them and it manifests itself. So, but, some, but see, the way something has been exposed, the way they've been exposed to something or the way a teacher attempted to teach it to them made them feel that they can't do it. So just like the way it was exposed to them or the way it was taught to them made them feel that they can't do it, that can be undone. It just takes effort. 
And the teacher has to be qualified and skilled enough to realize what's going on with the child and their mentality, uh, the social emotional state or what have you, and also have the, have the skills to, again, make the child feel like they can do it. So we got to undo, we got to deprogram and then reprogram. And we got to give them opportunities to get some right answers. Because once they keep getting right answers, then they're like, oh, I remember I thought I couldn't do this problem. Now I just did it. This is documented evidence. It's on paper. I can see that I did it. This was the original problem. This is the final answer. I got it correct. So now there's proof that I can do it. And then they might be a little, you know, um, you know, still, it might be unbelievable to them. So then they do another problem. And they say, okay, well, wow, two in a row. So I can, I can do this. So they got to, it's, it's an issue of deprogramming and reprogramming. Because well, the okay. child that says okay. they can't do it. They've been programmed to think that. I, I, feel, I feel you, but let me let me end the show. Uh, let me ask you the final question for the podcast, uh, uh, Professor Parker. Can you think of a story, uh, tell a story of how a student, no matter how, how old the student was, but how a student was struggling and you convinced them or taught them that well, you can do this and they started to believe in their ability to do math? So, I mean, it varies, like, you know, whether it's an individual tutoring scenario or whether it's a classroom scenario. So the individual tutoring scenarios are much easier because, you know, it's a one on one conversation. It's not nobody else around. You know, there's no it's not as much of an opportunity to be embarrassed, you know, when you get wrong answers. You know, um, so I've had a lot of those situations where students are just failing miserably in class. They don't understand their teacher or maybe they don't have a good teacher or maybe they don't have a math teacher at all. That's the issue. A lot, of, a lot of schools have revolving door substitute teachers, you know, on a regular basis. So they're not really being taught math. They're being given worksheets by substitute teachers that aren't qualified to teach math because they're not math teachers. It's just it's just what it is. But they got to have adult supervision in the classroom while they're in the, in the building. So, you know, um, so then when we're, in our, when we're in our tutoring session, I'm just like, you know, I just break stuff down and just, you know, show it to them and just let them know, like, OK, this is easy. You know, and, and, sh and sh don't just say it's easy, but show them, let them see for themselves that it's easy. Once I give them a step by step process and once I also explain the concept to them, because that's what a lot of us lack. And a lot of the people that complain about common core math or the so-called new math, but they don't realize because they, they haven't really studied it. But when you really study the, the new math beyond just looking at your, your child's, you know, nieces and nephews or grandchild's homework that they bring home. When you really study the Common Core math, you realize that what it's meant to do is it's meant to provide a conceptual understanding of mathematics that a lot of us didn't get 30 and 40 years ago. Like, I didn't really get a conceptual understanding of math. I learned algorithms and, you know, processes and steps, and it was just all about get to the answer, get to the answer. And nowadays, I told my students, like, the answer is not even that important, the process. It's all about the process. Like, Philadelphia 76ers, you know, their, their slogan was, you know, trust the process when they were trash for all those years <laughs> and they wanted the fans to still keep coming to the games. And then, then it became a good team again. So, you know, it's all about trust the process. So the process in math is really what's more important, you know? So, and even if you get the answer right or wrong, if you can explain why you got it right, that's important. You know, I tell people like, I don't, I don't care about the right answer. I want to know how you got it. I want to know, do you understand? And can you explain how you got the right answer? And even if you got the wrong answer, explain why you got the wrong answer, explain which where you went wrong. And I think that's also a transferable life skill, you know, that, you know, because it, 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 it forces us to be, it gives us practice at holding ourselves accountable, being self-reflective, and also really, you know, conceptualizing, you know, what actually happened. You know, where did I go wrong? 
you know, because sometimes we're in relationships, you know, a husband, a wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. And, you know, we got to be able to be reflective, you know, because we have we have an argument and then, you know, two people are just mad, you know, and then we don't really know how to really analyze and assess, okay, what happened? You know, why did things go left? We were we were sitting there chilling, relaxing, having a good time. And then I said something and then you said something and then we end up in an argument, you know, so something went left. So, you know, by doing math problems and understanding, you know, even if you get the wrong answer, you know, being able to explain to yourself and understand and identify that critical moment where you went wrong, you know, that's a, you know, that's something that can be applied in, in everyday life. So, um, so yeah, those are the things you have to do that, that I've done with students. Well, you know, I tell you this much, I want to thank you for being my guest on 400 plus and professor Kiel Parker, tell the good people how they can find all this math. You can find all this math on social media at all this math, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or, you know, our website is all this But definitely, definitely. Um, in addition to that, look us up on YouTube, you know, subscribe to our channel. You know, we have math videos infused with African-American history and African history. So, you know, you're going to learn some 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 history and some math at the same time. That's part of my histematics teaching framework. And um you know, you you know, come 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 through and learn some math. You know, we have to we have to be more focused on solutions. We know the problem. The problem is that you know our people and our children aren't learning math, haven't been learning math. Maybe you're an adult that never learned math before, but I mean, you know, now I've created a resource where we can get over that hurdle. You know, we can overcome that. You know, um, and it's free. The YouTube channel is free. So all you need to have is Wi-Fi. You know, you got Wi-Fi, you got a smartphone, you got a laptop, you got a tablet, you have a desktop, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, you can go in there like we have currently almost 700 videos organized into different playlists, all levels of math from elementary arithmetic all the way up to calculus one. So I want this to be a resource to the community, similar to how the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense offered the free breakfast program, which was a resource to the community. And they offered many other resources. So, you know, this is just, you know, me trying to carry on that tradition of providing for our people and giving our people what they need so that we can like the late Jacob Carruthers used to say, get out of this mess that we're in. So yeah, check us out. All this math, social media, all this math um, on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share. Tell everybody about it. Because if, if the schools aren't teaching your children math, they can come learn from me. I guarantee you, they can come learn from me. And that way you don't got to spend a whole lot of energy complaining about what's not going on in the school and what should be going on in the school. Just come learn from me. That's why I created the channel.